welcome to Eagle Nation. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter so you never miss an episode. Uh, welcome to Eagle Nation uh, tonight. We're with uh, just myself and Dan. Uh, Wayne's got uh, previous engagements. So um, we're basically going to talk about how lightning striked on uh, Monday night and nearly did it twice, but we'll talk about that later on. But I'm going to get into some questions straight up with you, Dan. Um, wow, beauty. Is it time to make the finals uh, final six instead of a final eight like the early 90s? Um, I don't mind the final eight format. Um, I'm very against the, uh, top 10, uh, wild card round because if anything, it shows that's, that's um, gone. Seven, yeah. Seven and eight this year, like apart from a miracle, are uh, making up numbers. Um, I've been very strong on, I think this year has been very, very heavily derailed because of injuries and just sore players, uh, Duggan going out is a good sign of what we've been saying, all of us on this podcast, is you get a player back because he missed games because of his knee and now he's out because his knee's sore. Just because you get this player back from injury doesn't mean they're not playing sore. doesn't mean it can't reoccur. You won't see the best of them because they're sore boys. And that's what I feel like we are right now. Um, so I think it can only be one from the top six, especially this year. But I do like the top eight format. Yeah, when I looked at uh, it got posed to me the other day and I thought, yeah, I don't mind it. When I looked at it, I said, you got 18 teams in there and you're rewarding just under half your teams in the final system. And I looked at the final six and then I looked at this year, like us, we're seventh. Um, it's a battle for eighth as well. So that's probably one good thing that the um, AFL likes because there's a battle for teams to get in there. But I just reckon anyone in the top fours, mate, anyone under the top four is um, making up numbers with Sydney, probably the dark horse. Um, but, yeah, uh, we'll see how it goes. So we'll talk about the finals again. Um, is it time to get rid of the buy? Because since the buy has been in, um, 90, before the bye was in, 94% of the teams that finished in the top four played in the prelim final and played off in a grand final. Since you've had the bye, it's down to 40%. So really yeah, I'm not four, the top four is not getting an advantage. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much against the bye. Um, it... It gives the lesser teams a chance to, I find, like, we all know what happened, you know, was it 2016, the Western Bulldogs. They played 3-0 over here and then lost quite heavily. And then that buy allowed them to bring back five of their star players um, where it's a marathon, not a sprint, so to speak. So it's an even playing ground. I just don't like, oh, let's stop. The season's over. Let's stop. I think to carry on the momentum. And I think that's what your stat shows is it it stunts momentum. Yeah. Um, some teams play well after a buy and others don't. Geelong is notorious for not playing well after a buy. And if they're top four, they want to keep the momentum going and they deserve to be able to do that. I really don't like the buy. Um, yeah, I'm hoping they scrap it after this year. I think they need to. Um, I've been wanting to talk about this for a while because it's been two weeks since he's gone. But has Clarko finished as a coach or will he coach next year? Do you reckon he'll have the break or will he pop up at Carlton? Like, that's where they say. He won't this, is, 
Collingwood. This is just a gut feel. I, I always find even big coaches when they leave, they usually always have that year break. Very rarely I see them lately anyway jump straight into the next one. Even Mick Moldhouse, like he didn't jump straight into Carlton. Um, so I would be surprised if he has a break and then coaches. He's definitely coaching again. Yeah. Um, but that said, all the noise out of Carlton is things aren't going well for Teague. You know, lost to the Roos, lost to the Suns now, and um, there's a lot of pressure on him. But he's got like something like a 43% win rate, which is huge for like Carlton. Like you look at all their previous coaches, none of them really had that. Uh, Pagan didn't have that. Mick Moldhouse didn't have that. Ratton didn't have it. Um, so performance-wise, they're not doing as well as they want, but – They've got a merry-go-round there for the coaches. They just sack coaches. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, no, and, and, um, sorry. Four and eight years, I think. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Like, I've never seen a team uh, shoot out so many coaches before. But that said, if Clarko, if they could call, talk Clarko in, why not give it to him? Um, because I think they're the perfect. I have queries over Carlton coaching now because he's been there for so long at Hawks that can he rebuild a side? Like, he, as a tactical coach, he's the greatest we've had, like we've seen in the AFL almost. But can he build a side? I had the same queries over Ross Lyon. Game day, you couldn't get a better coach. But that neither one, uh, the rebuild, free rebuild was pretty bad. This Hawks rebuild is like, They've only just now come out and said they're rebuilding. Like, it hasn't been great. Wingard's not great coming over. O'Meara wasn't great. Patton wasn't great. Scully wasn't great. He's just been trying, instead of hit the draft, and he, he's a very – it wasn't early this year. It was last year. He said he doesn't like the draft. He said the draft's a lottery. He doesn't like it. There's other ways to rebuild a team. Yeah. I mean, hit the draft. And I just – like, I don't know. I'm not a coach. But I couldn't believe that. I am the complete opposite. I think you – if you're rebuilding, all you want to do is the draft and maybe bring in one marquee player, but that's it. You want to build within because yeah, all you're bring. doing is prolonging it. And that's what he's done. Like but they've been out of right marquee player for five well. years. Yeah. Um, so getting back to the original question, Clark, uh, Clarkson at Carlton would be good because they've got the right mix, but there's bigger problems at Carlton than their coach. Um, yep. Because I've heard that uh, they're after Shara too from Freo. And it's like, why do you keep paying these plays again? You did it with Saad. You did it with Williams. Uh, you did it with Martin. Now you're doing it with Chera. Like, I just yeah, said, I then, I... like, build with in and hit the draft. And they just, last few years, they keep just trying to pay and bring in plays and overpay. Like, it's just unbelievable what they keep doing. Like, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, we've talked about um, at the Eagles, like we're going to make a, lot, a few changes at the end of the year, and we've roughly said around about six players will probably be get get given the chop, um, including Dan, Daniel Venables, who's just retired. Um, there could be a trade going there if the rumours starting to gain weight with Brander looking at other options. So we've always said about going to the draft and we're pretty good with saying going to the draft this year. So, but we've always said to look at free agents, which you have a number of times. So I'm going to run through some names. You just got to say yes or no. All right. So Matt Crouch, would you look at him? Is yeah, I'd look at him. Free, so these ones are restricted free agents. So Matt Crouch, you would look at him? 
Yep. Yep. Jake Collins-Jasny from Cats? No. Josh Kelly just signs. He's gone. Jack Billings from St Kilda. Oh, yeah. We got him the right price. Yeah, he's... um. So he's got a lot of pity. He was he was picked before Bonta Palace. So that shows how much Saints think he has potential. So yeah, George Hewitt from the Swans. No, all right. So any of those guys, the other teams can match a bid. Now the free agents, I've just gone and picked a few out of here, and the free agents are mostly the older players. So with an aging list, I don't know if the Eagles would look at that, but if they still think they're in the window, these players might help. Kale Hooker. No. Bailey Banfield. No. Magic Door. No. Robbie Tarrant, North Melbourne. Oh, brilliant player, but no. Because <laughs> of his age? Oh, no. He, he is one of the most underrated backs in the competition. It's just we've got young Ad- Edwards we want to develop, and who knows what Brando we're going to do with him. And, yeah, Browse is still young, so just doesn't fit, that's all. Tom Rockliffe just um, retired, so he's out. Um, Camden McIntosh, Richmond. No. And Marvio Chol from Richmond. Yeah, I'd look at Chol. Yeah, I would too. I, for some reason there. Um, I know you probably said no to this before, but you might change now. Mitch Wallace, Western Bulldogs. Um, no. He can't get a game, mate. So. Yeah, I know. It's weird. And, and then there's two young guys. Uh, one's Benjamin Ben Miller from Richmond. He's from uh, CB Echo. So he's a tall sort of mid that can't get a game at uh, Richmond. And Kyron Hayden, who's from Perth as well, he was a Hale schoolboy. He's at North Melbourne. He's probably had more injuries. So I'd probably look at Ben Miller, but I wouldn't look at Kyron Hayden. Yeah. There are some of the, there's some of the um, players that are on, uh, pro- might be looking for different places to play next year. So someone we can look at, like we said, we'd rather go to the draft. I think we'd go to, rather go to the draft. We've got picks what, 12, 31 and 34. And what was the other one? It was uh, pick 52, I think, and then pick 69. Mm. So, and if Brandy goes... Or if he if he decides not to stay, um, we could probably get a second rounder for him. So it's going to be interesting times coming up. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, do you want to talk about the game now, Dan? Lightning strikes. Oh, most definitely, mate. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, look, I don't know where to start with this game because at the ground and watching it on TV, totally different. Melbourne ended up winning by nine points. First quarter was all Melbourne. Second quarter was West Coast. Third quarter was all Melbourne. And the last quarter was all West Coast. Um, I'm just going to say this out, Dan. I've read a lot where they say an Eagles are picking and choosing. And I made note that I just I wanted to concentrate in the midfield, and that's where you follow the ball anyway. And I didn't agree with that, that remark or quote until I watched that game. Monday Night Live, we picked and choose when we wanted to go for the ball. And mm. it showed. So what, what did you see on the TV? Oh, I'm not as probably damning as that. 
Um, I thought that was one of the better games our midfield had played, mainly because Yo, that's his best game he's played. Oh, yeah. That was almost like the Yo of old. Yeah. Um, what I found, though, was that first quarter, like there was a lot of raving on social media, like, here we go. No, I was so happy with that first quarter because that will kick in a strong breeze and there was key indicators showing our intent. And we use that word a lot on this podcast is they was need to show intent. Now what happens, we had more disposals, which means nothing. And then, but we'll talk about tackles, which I said is a little bit, but the fact we had more disposals, then when you flip it, we still had more tackles. That is a massive sign of intent. And we also won the contested ball, which we're not good at. And it was a wet game and we're winning contested ball. So I was looking at those key indicators in the first quarter. So if we keep applying that pressure, the game will change. And fair enough, it, it, it did in the second quarter. So I was really happy where we sat with that. Um, the only thing I was very disappointed was, was that third quarter. That third quarter killed us and it lost us that game. It was only that one quarter where intent wasn't there. And basically, uh, Petraeus said it was a five-goal win. That's how he said, he said the win was. And it kind of showed um, where all the goals were kind of kicked to one side. But what we had to do in that third quarter is we couldn't allow them to kick more than four goals. I believe they kicked five. Uh, we had to do what we did in the first quarter and at least kick a couple goals ourselves. I think we only kicked the one. So right there, that, that's the margin. So that third quarter, you could lose that third quarter because we weren't kicking into the breeze, but you had to stem the bleeding. You couldn't allow them to kick away, which is exactly what happened. And that last quarter, um, especially after the lightning strike, was the best footy I've seen us play. It really was. And I think people underestimate. Melbourne are now top of the ladder. Melbourne are the best side in the comp right now. Um, and you can't dispute that, you know, because they're sitting on top of the ladder and they've taken many a scale. So to lose the nine points, play like that, it's not a bad result because let's talk about injuries again, Watson, and I swear I'm rambling on, but it just seems to be so um, front and centre every week. So we lost Duggan straight away, but you got Ryan out, you got Rioli out, you got Duggan out, you've got Shuey out, you've got Barass out, and you might as well chuck Herning, who got injured like in the first quarter. That's six of our players out. Then some of the players in, which we touched on even earlier in the podcast, are playing sore. They're not at their best. So Kelly would be sore with a knee injury. You know, Redden's only second game back. Yo was his best we've seen, but he's been out for 18 months with OP. So these players aren't at their best. Um, thank God JK came back on. But obviously he was sore because he missed a quarter because he was getting, you know, his knee checked. So to push the top of the ladder team, to not put your tail between your legs and sulk when it went didn't go away that we fought back. Um, and with those injuries, I, saw was, I thought that was a great performance. I thought... <clears throat> Even though we didn't win, that would have been one of our top games for the year. And I know that seems ridiculous saying after a loss, but by the third quarter, I thought we played really good footy for three of those quarters. I really yeah. did. Well, I did. I did like. I did like. Like you said at the start, we did intent. So the intent was there. Yeah. Um, they just got a couple of. They got the first goal for a fifty-meter penalty. Um, yeah. I've never liked that rule because sometimes an umpire's pay, pay, pay it, sometimes they don't. Connor West was probably too close, and Brown probably got the upper hand on Harry Edwards early on. But after that, yeah. I thought Harry Edwards did really, really good on him. Um, Josh Kennedy took May out of his comfort zone, taking him up the field. Um, 
but they had the plus one behind and Lever was that again. And in the third quarter, it showed massively. He was just running off. And this is where... And I do say that the midfield picked and choose in the third quarter, it was just like... Gaff looked to me like he wasn't fit enough to run. Um, when I was... And you don't see it on TV. Dom Sheed was in La La Land. He didn't know where he was, and he was directing a lot of people like Yoey was doing a couple of weeks, but wasn't. And I found out that that he should have been going there himself. Uh, Redden had a bit of a shocker in the third quarter, but overall the midfield were great. And I harp on this all the time, and it's probably because I was a small forward. But our small forwards in Petricelli and Langdon just don't do enough for me. And they got run off easily in the third quarter. Even in the second quarter, they got run off a bit. And when the game was there to be won, the, we took the play on. It was great. I love that last quarter. I love to see us play like that for four quarters, but you have to be fit to do that. But you're going to bleed it the other way if you stuff it up. But I just think our small forwards in a, t- in a game where it was wet and at ground level did sweet FA again, and that's costing us in a lot of games that we lose. And that's just me being – that's just a thing I notice a lot. I thought Connor West, he doesn't get a lot of possessions, but he's out there. He's trying his arse off. Um, Hutchings did a pretty good job on Oliver, but to me, I don't know if you saw it on TV, he holds a lot Oliver, doesn't get pinged for it. So he was holding a lot of our mids in the guts. But who who was the best player on the ground in your eyes? Uh, yo. Uh, I had Yo. No, not I So he was Gov oh. the best on out of... Uh, I like Petrarca. I thought Petrarca there mid. He, he was? He right. pretty well. Because Melbourne, yeah. Because um, he got the 10 coaches, though. Yeah, we, we go in circles, but, like, uh, you touched on Petroselli and Langdon, mate. Well, if Ryan was fit and Rioli was available, would they be there? Because I just feel like with a fit squad, the improvement would be vast. Something, and your main point there was something that if we had a clean bill, a clean list, is rectified. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, I reckon Petra's had a good year personally. He did have a great game. But mo- most improved, sorry. Uh, Langdon does try. But, yeah, imagine a Rioli and a fit Ryan. Oh, Because Ryan's another one that got a bad injury and came back but wasn't quite cherry ripe and not at his best because he's effectively had hairline fractures in his bloody leg. Um, then he's done his hammy. So it's yeah, one of those things I just – it's like a, to me this whole season, I mean, what if? What if we just had a bit of luck, you know? Um because, yeah, I don't think Petroselli, I don't think Langdon would be playing to you um, spoke about if they were readily available. Uh, Sheed, I think, you got to understand, I think Sheed's tired. He's our only mid now that's been there the whole year. Oh, yeah, we yeah, haven't and... had one other mid that's played the entire season because, yeah. again, injuries, they've dropped, dropped like flies. Him so and Gaff. Him and Gaff. It's round look... 21. Oh, sorry, yeah, Gaff, the winger, yeah, it has played as well. But, yeah. They it, both it, look it tired. Hmm. Yeah, that, you know, yeah. um but this is my point. Um, is it tired or is it fitness? Because in the first half, we spent a lot of energy, and this is what the players were saying, energy. 
um, energy, energy, energy. And the third quarter looked like we had no energy. And that's where you noticed, like, to me, Gaff, it looked like he was in third gear. Um, and like you said, Sheed, he, and he runs a lot. He covers a lot of ground. I'd love to know how much ground he actually covers during a game. But, yeah, he just looked tired. And But in the last quarter, we, we switched it on, and maybe it was because of the lightning strike and the half an hour delay we had. We had nothing to lose. We had to go fast. Mm. Um, if that lightning strike, uh, whether severity didn't come along, I reckon we would have got our pants pulled down in the last quarter. Because that's the way. Uh, who, who knows? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think so because we had the wind. Maybe it wouldn't have been as frenetic as it was, was and it maybe it wouldn't have um, looked like we could almost pinch the game because very late it looked like we could pinch the game. But a lot of goals were kicked that goal side, um, the wind side. So I think we still would have maybe won the quarter, but maybe not as well. Um, yeah, I just I, that quarter was just amazing and. Um, we touched on, I, I want to touch that Simo because people like he doesn't make moves. I found he made so many moves that game. Like we focused on contested ball a lot, which isn't our game style. Um, when things were looking bad, and you said Harry Edwards um, looked like we lacked height a bit because of Brown and you know um, Jackson down there and Gorn alternating forward. You know, we thought well, Oscar Allen needs to go back. Um, then soon as we had momentum late and we knew the scoring was to get with the wind side. They pushed him forward in the fourth when we had momentum in all those inside 50s to try capitalise on it. That's great coaching. Um, so it was obviously a plan with May, take him out. And I don't think Lever did have the greatest game. He got a lot of spoils and stuff, but he looked displaced because Lever and May are so used to setting up together. And that was a masterstroke, Josh Kenny dragging May out of that defence to stop those two alternate yeah. with these marks and stuff. Um, so another great move by uh, the coach. And then also um, Lever was loose a lot, but it was because what he was doing to tag Oliver, he had Hutchings on the half forward and then was dragging him up to tag. <laughs> so he wasn't there for the – we had all our attackers attacking midfielders for the centre bounce downs and stuff, but then – once it was around general play, we then had Hutchings come up and tag um, Oliver. And what that was, it was help stopping their dominance with their good mids and, and Gorn there. They did, couldn't run away with all the centre clearances and all the clearances around the ground, which they didn't. It was quite even. Um, so, again, I thought that was brilliant. Um, what about Nick? What about Nick and Gorn? How did you see that? Because Jackson, uh, Jackson was probably the, the plus one. For Melbourne, yeah. I thought, because Vardy, and I know what you feel about Vardy, Vardy might as well not even been on the ground because um, I think that's another reason where we lost it. Um, I would have rather seen, I would have rather seen the, Dove in the ruck and Rotham mate, stay in. I joke and say, but I'm 100% true. I would rather Crips in the ruck. Any single player would have more impact than two disposals for the game. And he goes to the ground all the time, Vardy. That's so incredible. He always goes to the ground, which then leaves us one out around the contests and players run off. But as a, a team, Jackson and Gorn won that easily. But head-to-head, if you're just looking at Gorn Nicknack, Nicknack, I think, was the most dominant just. Like, you know, he kicked a goal. He got more hit-outs. He got more hit-outs to advantage. Um, I think they had the same amount of clearances, but his were more damaging 
Um, and as I said, but the goal just topped it off. You know what I mean? Like great contested mark up forward when we needed him. He stood up. Um, Did you know so that? Combined, yeah, so combined the ruck tandem team. Melbourne did better. That's because Vaila him down. But head to head, it's like well, now, and hopefully someone takes notice that they see the impact Nick Nat has because it's always the conversation of the All Australian. It's like well, you had the two ones there, and you saw what Nick Nat's doing this year. Um, so that was great. Um, but yeah, I also loved with the coaching too. Was uh, during that lightning break, he knew. Um, there was no point defending anymore. So that's why he chucked us around forward. He's like, well, let's not let's play on and let's attack, attack, attack. And that's what we did. Um, just get it in forward. Don't worry about defense as much. Uh, put Gov up a lot further to try and make a defensive wall to lock it in. Um, we already touched on Australia and go forward because we'll give up the height in defense now because we've, we've got to win the game. Yeah. Uh, I loved Cole. He took the, when he took marks, he, he played on. Uh, Edwards yeah, I, did the same. I, I love like, Cole. You, you play on. Um, and see, this is what he would have been saying during that lightning strike break. You know, he's like, look, we can't, we can't just like try and save a game because we're so far behind. We need to attack and be phonetic and do it. Yeah. So his coaching, I think, was great that day. And I reckon even this year, like we all said, well, he's got to tinker with the game plan, but we've been saying for like over a month now that we are seeing them attack the corridor a lot more. It's just because that's not drilled into plays yet. Sometimes we don't look good doing it and it's hurt us against it with some of these losses. But um, yeah, I think there was just apart from ladder position and how important that game was to win. Uh, so it was really bad losing, but it was a very impressive game going forward, um, seeing what the squad can do kind of thing and seeing that we can play a different style of footy. And I hope that's what they take out of it. Um, not so much this year, but over the preseason and attacking next year. Cause I just, I think if we can get these good picks, which I said, did I say this around the buy or just before the buy? I can't remember one, but I mentioned it's like it's not the end of the world if we don't make fires if we can get these couple of good picks. Yeah, we got to get. And like you said, if, if, if I'm not so fast, I, I was a bit peeved at first about missing the finals, but now when I'm looking at, I'm looking at the bigger picture. I don't think we, if we made the finals, we'd make a dent. So I'd rather not no. get in there. And as hard yeah. as that is to say, it's just, just something that you got to uh, take on. Yeah. Chin Eagles. Uh, built on success and, and built on making finals, but there might be a time where you have to just take that step back. Um, so, yeah, look, I'm all for it. A stat I just wanted to run by before I forget. Did you know that it was only the third game that Nick and Gorn have played against each other? Yeah, I heard that. It was crazy. That's, I almost couldn't believe it. That's unbelievable. That. <laughs> so... Yeah. Um, it was interesting that, you know, they're two, the Premier Ruckman, and they've only played against each other three times. So, yeah, very, it's one of those uh, useless stats you could use at a trivia night, I guess. Um, look, yeah. we, you know, the lightning didn't strike when we needed it to, but uh, we, like we said, we got back into it. We cast our uh, eye to the Derby coming up. Um, both teams are going to be without key personnel. I can't see JK playing. Uh, um, after listening to him on the radio, 
It's uh, we'll have to wait and see that later in the week. Every time he says that, he hasn't played. Hearn won't play there without Brayshaw and because of um, eye gouging and Fife and a few others. Uh, and maybe basically whoever won this, if Eagles won, we play finals basically. Mm. Um, so it's very touching, girl. No. But um, even if we even if we win this, we're still a good chance to miss out if we lose to Brisbane, which is just crazy to think this year. Um, yeah. But this is a game we should win. We should win this easily. Uh, without Fife and Brayshaw, two of their better midfielders, not there. Um, I realise we both got injuries, and ours a lot of key injuries too. But but being a young rebuilding side, they haven't quite got that mature depth yet. Um, so you take out the two best midfielders. We got no excuse. If we lose this game, honestly, it will be the worst loss of the year just because of the personnel out in the park. Yeah. Um, because look at their midfield. It's going to be Monday. Who, if they keep Hutchins, you can tag Monday. Then you've got what a second-year player as their best mids. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's realistically that's what it is. Against seasoned red and seasoned players oh. in Yo, seasoned player in Gaff, seasoned player in Sheed. There's no excuse to lose this On game. Paper. I've been waiting for a loss because what is it now? Twelve in a row if we win this. Uh, if we win this, it'll be twelve in a row. Um, yeah. on paper, we've got way more talent, um, and on paper, we should win the game. But again, that's been the story of the Eagles this year. On paper, we've looked a million bucks, but once we get onto that ground, I don't know if the light bulb's gone on or off, uh, in the players' heads. So hopefully, like when we played Freo earlier on in the year for the first half was a really good game to watch. And then we ran away with it and won quite, quite easily. And I could probably see that happening again. The first half would be pretty close. And then hopefully skill and talent does rise to the top and we win. If not, we'll hear about it, but I don't, I don't really care. I'm just looking towards 2022 at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's right. it because as I've been saying for two years, we're due a loss. So I've always been a bit worried about these games just because we've won so many of them. But, yeah, I, I, I don't think this will be the time. No. Um, well, it's going to be interesting. It's on Sunday at 3.10, so another afternoon Sunday match for Eagles. Eagles fans, you can get to the game, I think, tickets went on sale today. So I'm pretty sure that there's going to be – probably half and half the crowd there because Frio have only been getting 29,000 on average to the game. So hopefully there's about 15 to 20,000 uh, Eagles fans there. Takes a bit out. Um, Frio Mantle, uh, Fremantle and West Coast favourite umpire, Dean Margetts hangs up his boots in it. So he made a bit of a joke that he might get um, boot off the ground. Um, some Frio fans are saying that Eagles are cheering him off the ground and Eagles are saying the same backwards. So that's going to be interesting highlight to say. Um, for all that he's done, I thought my guess isn't too bad an umpire. Uh, I put him above a few others, but at the end of the day, who would want to umpire AFL? I'll tell you, I wouldn't. That's it. No one likes the umpires. It's a horrible thing to say, but it's true. Um, so good on him. He's a premier ruckman, uh, ruckman uh, umpire. Um, <laughs> 20 so years. I, all been doing like, it? I have no ill towards umpires. It'd be a horrible job, and that's why they get so hard to get them in the yep. door. Um, 
because there's frees missed every week. And of course, the supporters see the ones their team doesn't get. Yeah. And that's what they remember. So no one, an Eagles game, they're not going to be happy with the umpiring. The opposition's not going to be happy with the umpiring. So they're not winning with anyone. <laughs> Well, we're going to wrap it up there, Dan, because uh, we're on Zoom this time, and uh, unless I pay for extra time. <laughs> um, so join us, um, guys, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, yeah, download from your favourite podcast. There's uh, apps. There's plenty of them. And, well, let's hope we are next week we're talking about an Eagles win for once. Um, and then probably the weeks after that, we'll probably go more in-depth on who will be at the club, who won't be at the club. Will JK get another contract? Will Hearn get another contract? And then we'll have some off-season stuff where we'll do complete coverages of the drafts and trade periods, and we'll just go from there. Thanks for joining us again, Dan. It's good to be here. Go Eagles. Built. We crossed the 